This episode contains graphic details of murder and other crimes. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Not Always Polite. Today's episode is going to be kind of a special one, I guess. So this case took place on March 17th of 1995, which is 26 years ago as of St. Patrick's Day this year. So I'm recording this. Um, don't don't judge me. I'm recording this on the 19th and this one's going to go up on the 20th. So yeah, uh, 26 years ago, this case took place. So I thought this was very fitting and a good time to record it. I actually saw this case on TikTok, on Selena Spooky Boo's TikTok. If you guys don't follow her on TikTok, I'm sure some of you are. She has like a bajillion followers. But if you don't follow her already, please do. She's from Woodstock, Ontario. So she's like 40 minutes from me, which is great. Um, I love watching her stuff. She does like really funny sleepwalking videos. But she mentioned this case and how she thought it was, like, really spooky and weird. So I was like, okay, I have to look into it because I had never heard of it. So, long story short, I'm going to be talking about the case, the story of the Pickering Lost Boys. So, like I said, on March 17th, 1995, in Pickering, Ontario, which is a small town about 30 miles north of Toronto, a good group of five friends were having a St. Patrick's Day party at 18-year-old Chad Smith's new apartment. A little fun fact before I get into it. Um, Pickering is actually the birthplace of Sean Mendes. Pickering is situated on the water that is called Lake Ontario. And the main body of water that I'm going to be talking about is Frenchman's Bay, which leads into Lake Ontario. Lake Ontario is bordered by both Ontario and New York and is just over 800 feet deep at its deepest point. So it's not shallow, but it's definitely not like insanely deep. But I mean, for a lake, it's deep enough. So the six boys that I'm going to be talking about, um, who are the Pickering Lost Boys, are Chad Smith, 18, Robbie Rumbolt, 17, Jay Boyle, 17, Jamie Lefebvre, Lefebvre? sorry, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, um, 17, Michael Cummings, 17, and Danny Higgins, also 17. So they all attended um, the same high school. And now Danny wasn't initially at this party that I mentioned, but it said they picked him up on their way to the marina, which I will get into in a second. Jay is essentially the only boy I could find uh, much information on. Jay was a father to a little girl, and he had this daughter with his girlfriend, Monica. Jay had four sisters, and he was said to be close with his family. They also said that he was a loyal friend, that he was funny, outgoing, and an avid baseball player. His sister Amanda, who was 15 at the time of his disappearance, shared um, this group of friends with him. And she was actually supposed to attend the party that night, but she said she felt sick, so she didn't go out, which she's now thankful for because it potentially saved her life. 
So they reportedly left said party at 12.40 a.m., saying they were planning to go goof around at a local marina on Fisherman's Bay and that they would be back before sunrise. So along the way to the marina, the five boys picked up Danny Higgins, um, and they were last seen on a surveillance camera entering the East Shore Marina at 1.48 a.m., but only three of the six boys were actually caught on camera. Those three were Jamie, Robbie, and Michael, and at least one witness said they heard um, a boat motor out on the lake between 2 and 3 a.m. So, basically, there was footage of the boys going in and taking beer from a boat in the marina, but there was no footage of them actually taking a boat itself. Now, this boat that they took beer from was not one of the boats that was reported missing the next day. So, the next morning, two boats were reportedly stolen from two separate marinas. Like I mentioned, the boat that they took beer from was not reported missing. It was still there. It was fine. One boat that was reported missing was an imitation boat of the Boston Whaler. And the second is something called a water tricycle, which is exactly what it sounds like. A three-wheeled paddle boat, um, like a water big wheel, essentially. So the original Boston Whaler was supposed to be this unsinkable boat because of its foam core. The claims were made about this boat included that it could be sawed in half and like basically fill with water and not sink. So you would think the imitation version would be made similar with the foam core, but it's not 100% sure because the boat was never found. So this boat, I will note, was not in perfect condition, but there was nothing significant wrong with it. The tricycle thing would also be super hard to sink just because of the design of it. I'll put a picture of it on, on my Instagram, but the only way that I could find about it potentially sinking was mentioned by a YouTuber, um, Stephanie Harlow. She had a really good video on this case. Um, so definitely go check her out. But she said that potentially one of the giant wheels had a hole in it and it could have filled with water. Otherwise, it would be super hard for it to sink. So, yeah. So, the boys are gone. The boats are gone. The police believe the boats capsized and hypothermia gripped the boys within minutes. The boys were first reported missing by their worried girlfriends, two of them, on Friday, so the day after, but the police didn't really treat their concerns seriously until Saturday afternoon when they made the connection between the missing boys and the missing boats. Now, remember, there is no evidence that these boys took either boat. Nothing has proven that because the surveillance footage only shows them taking beer from a totally separate boat, um, so it's essentially circumstantial at best the boys were first reported missing like i said by their worried girlfriends on friday but the police didn't take it seriously until saturday afternoon jay's sister said in an interview that she was initially not too worried about her brother not returning home she said that he didn't necessarily like take off but he did have friends in toronto that he would go and visit but when he did that he typically kept in touch but 
I guess it's possible maybe he his phone died or whatever it was 1995 so it's not like he could send her a quick text it was probably more of like a a landline situation but anyways by 2 p.m on Saturday so 36 hours after the boys were last seen a massive search was underway the Boyle home so Jay's house was said to be the base camp for the search The Durham police were joined by the Toronto Police Marine Unit, the Coast Guard, a Hercules C-130 aircraft, and a helicopter from the Air Sea Rescue Unit at the Canadian Forces Base Trenton. And they found nothing. Thousands of volunteers from across southern Ontario joined the hunt, and they came up empty-handed. No bodies, no boats, no pieces of clothing, nothing. Now, one thing that was found was a gas can was found in Wilson, New York. Um, It was believed to have belonged to one of the stolen boats, the Boston Whaler imitation boat. The New York police only realized it wasn't one of theirs because the gas can had writing in both French and English on it, which we do here in uh, Canada because we have to. Um, Hey, Quebec, thanks for that. Um, so they contacted the police in Canada closest to them, which was the Durham Regional Police, and had it sent back there. Once the Durham police received it, they determined that the indentation on the gas can would match the one that would have been on the missing Boston Whaler, and that's how they connected it. Now, this has brought up some confusion with investigators because witnesses state that based on the currents in the water and the wind that day, the boat would have probably ended up in Rochester, New York, which is about 120 kilometers east of Wilson. Wilson is basically a straight shot across from Pickering, so it's highly unlikely that this gas can would have like moseyed on over there and not floated left or right basically at all so the foi documents show um there was some possible sightings of the boys um not long after they were reported missing there were some sightings that put the boys in kew beach in toronto near jamie's house just days after the disappearance at the same time one witness said she spotted jamie in a burger king near clarence new york On March 19th, another person said she saw Chad at his home on March 17th, um, which is obviously not possible for them to be in different places at the same time. So these sightings are potentially not super reliable, but um, I thought it was important to mention anyways. So Jay's sister Amanda said in an interview with the Ajax News Advertiser, that she knew the boys to have taken boats in the past. Quote, it's not out of the ordinary that that would happen, she said. To me, I honestly believe they did drown. But she also said that something doesn't quite sit right with her. As much as I know he's gone, I just don't understand how they never found anything. End quote. In 1998, two sets of remains were found in the Niagara River. One was just bones, but the other was encased in a pair of red Levi's. So Jay was actually wearing 
red Levi's when he disappeared. I will put a picture of um, Jay in the red pants and the pants that were found. But um, after more than five years of waiting, a coroner's report stated that the pants that were tested for the possibility of belonging to Jay have been ruled out as being his. Quote, I can't say that that is not the remains of Jay Boyle, but it is highly unlikely. But we're still moving forward to 100% exclude him if that information is correct, coming from the Center of Forensic Sciences in Toronto. However, the private investigator working on this case, named Bruce Ricketts, questions the reasoning. As the reports indicate that they could not have been red Levi's, which Jay was wearing, but he says, and I agree, by looking at the pictures, that they look like faded red Levi's that have been in the water. Like, they look pretty similar to me, but these people, I guess, would know better. So, the Boyle family is actually trying to get the DNA retested with new technology, um, but there hasn't been anything reported on that so far, so... Essentially, uh, we don't know what happened to the boys. Um, Some family members are still holding out hope that they simply ran off somewhere and that they might come back one day, regardless of how fleeting these thoughts may be. The main explanation that I could find was that there was some sort of accident and the boats capsized and the boys drowned. So I find it surprising that both boats would sink I guess maybe they crashed into each other or something like that, but we don't even know if they took boats, if they were in two separate boats. We really have no idea. Nothing has been confirmed because there's no footage, no eyewitness accounts. There's nothing. Anyone with new information on this case is asked to contact the Durham police at 905-579-1520 or anonymous tips can be made to Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477. So Bruce Ricketts, the private investigator, is still working tirelessly on this case with the family, and he's running a Facebook page called The Lost Boys of Pickering, and he posts updates and things like that on there, so definitely check that out if you're looking to keep up with this case, Um, because he's still hoping to get this solved. Like He's working on this still. He's very passionate about this. Um, And like I said earlier, I would recommend checking out Stephanie Harlow's video on this as well. I think it was really well done. And before I go, I'm just going to give a quick recap because I know there was a lot of information there. Six boys left a party. They were last seen, three of them were last seen on a security camera at a marina taking beer out of a boat. The boys have never been found and two boats were also reported missing and those boats have also never been found. But there is nothing proving that the missing boys and the missing boats are connected. It's purely circumstantial. And that is the case of the Pickering Lost Boys. I had no idea that this was even a thing. So thank you to Selena Spooky Boo for getting me onto this case. Um, It was very interesting and I hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at NotAlwaysPolite. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and feel so inclined to leave me a review, I would really appreciate it. If you have any suggestions on episodes you would like to hear in the future from me, um, shoot me a DM. I would love to hear your suggestions. And, uh, oh, I found out that 
I am on the charts uh, in true crime in uh, Portugal, which is so crazy. So shout out to you guys, Portugal, Portuguese listeners. Shoot me a message. I would love to chat with you. That is so cool. Shout out to you guys for listening to me. I really appreciate you. But anyways, I hope you guys have an excellent rest of your week. And I will catch you guys next time. Bye.